to the Maruch Sustainability Podcast Week. In this series of five podcasts, you will learn all about the opportunities and challenges of sustainability and how small changes can make a big impact. To give you an insight into how companies adopt and promote sustainability, sustainable practices, my co-host Jeroen and I, David, interviewed three somewhat different and quite interesting companies. These companies are the consultancy Deloitte, the producer of sustainable insect-based food Gaia Foods, and the renewable energy provider Groenleven. As you can imagine, these companies have very different ways in approaching and promoting sustainable business practices. Each of these interviews will be a separate episode, which are episodes two to four. After the interviews, we have the fifth and last episode for you in which we briefly reflect on the interviews. Additionally, we will make also somewhat critical closing remarks regarding sustainability and what we should consider when evaluating other companies' sustainability campaigns and creating our own. Please note that due to safety reasons, we decided to record the interviews in separate locations and our guests naturally do not have a podcast recording studio at home, so the quality may not always be perfect. The original plan was that these companies present at the Maruch Sustainability Marketing event, which could not take place due to the current pandemic. However, the Maruch SME team wanted to make the best out of the situation and made this podcast happen for you. Therefore, I would like to thank Emma Stiphout, Dagmar Dijkstra, Franka Roest and Dijke Robota from the SME Committee, Yildao Merkes and Jasper Boomgaarder from the Maruch Supervisory Board and Jeroen Baal from the Success Stories podcast, who all put in a lot of effort to make this happen. A virtual applause to all of you. In addition to these podcasts, the SME committee has also prepared a quiz and a giveaway for you, which will be launched after the release of the fifth and last podcast. If you complete the quiz, you will receive a goodie bag and participate in the giveaway. So take a look at the SME social media. For example, search at sustainable marketing underscore Maruch on Instagram. Please note that the number of goodie bags is limited, so make sure to be quick. Again, the quiz will be accessible once the last episode is online. But before we get into the company's views and challenges regarding sustainability in the next episodes, this episode focuses on you. In the following, I will share seven short tips with you on how you can successfully adopt sustainable practices in your daily life. But first, a one-sentence introduction about me. My name is David Olk, and I completed the double degree master of marketing in Groningen and Oslo. So also took part in quite some Maruch events. And now I research ways to promote sustainable and healthy products to customers as part of my PhD. During my research, I stumbled across various interesting theories that help in explaining why people decide to behave sustainably or not. But no worries, this will not get super theoretical. Instead, I will briefly and very simply summarize these theories in one sentence and give practical examples for each of the seven tips. Without further ado, let's dive into it. First of all, you need to get the right perspective on what sustainable products mean. We are so used to the prices and benefits of non-sustainable products that many sustainable solutions appear as the worst alternative to us. But you have to remind yourself that we cannot continue relying on such non-sustainable options in the long term. A crucial first step in moving towards a more sustainable lifestyle is not to focus on the costs, but on the opportunities. For example, if I compare a sustainably produced t-shirt to one that is not, it is probably more expensive. However, the sustainably produced one is the better one for the planet and or grants fair working conditions. So, by buying that t-shirt, yes, you pay a bit more, but you also help to fight pollution and the exploitation of workers. As a marketeer, think about selling the sustainable option to yourself. 
What would you point out to convince your customer to choose the sustainable option? It is obvious that if you focus on the negative aspects, the sustainable option does not stand a chance. So look at all the benefits. One underlying problem in this is that people are loss averse, meaning that a loss in something is perceived much more severe than a gain in something. Therefore, it comes at no surprise that we fear a few euros extra on a t-shirt more than the gains we have, especially as the loss is experienced in the higher price immediately, while the gain in sustainability is unobserved and much further away. This is why it is really important to focus on the benefits and opportunities of sustainable options and give them a fair chance in comparison with the unsustainable options. As our guest from Deloitte also pointed out in our interview, being sustainable often even does not come at extra costs but can bear benefits for all stakeholders, creating a win-win situation. So really think of the benefits of buying a sustainable alternative, even if they may be far away. Second, be open to new ideas. This may sound simple, but I said earlier, many of the things that, are, that we're used to doing, buying or eating are simply not sustainable in the long run. All kinds of companies are coming up with more sustainable approaches. However, some of them may seem unusual. A classic example is tofu, a very nutritious plant-based food that can be seasoned in many different ways. If you give it a chance, it can be a quite a flexible addition to various meals. However, the tofu's taste, visual appearance and texture are not very appealing to everyone, which I fully understand. If you do not like something, that is fine, but be open towards it and at least give it a try, because as said, we will need to do some change in our consumption to prevent further irreversible damage to the planet. A quite interesting and arguably more extreme example of such innovative food comes from our second company who we interviewed in this podcast series. The company Gaia Foods makes insect-based protein powder. Their insights on how people react to such new offerings and how they deal with these challenges are super interesting. So check out that company interview as soon as it is online. Remember, there are a lot of sustainable startups out there which need your help to be able to offer sustainable alternatives. Simply put, the market is a democracy and your consumption choices are a vote for more sustainable businesses. But... You can also support your sustainable business without buying anything. Especially as marketeers, we all know how important the presence and followership on social media is nowadays. So even if you do not want to purchase a product from a sustainable company, you can majorly support them by simply following or interacting with their posts. Third, make small but steady changes. Although I respect how committed some people are to the cause of sustainability, it should not be regarded as an all or nothing thing, especially for beginners. Anne-Marie Bonneau phrased this very well when she said, we don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. A lot of people are scared off by the thought that they have to give up everything nice in life to live sustainably. Speaking exaggerated, of course. For example, many people's responses to the idea of becoming a vegetarian are, I could never stop eating meat, I like it too much. I fully understand that reasoning as it still resonates with my own preferences. However, you do not need to give up meat completely, but reducing your consumption is very beneficial already. If many people do sm such small changes, they will have a big impact. More importantly, people like habits and dislike change, especially when it's really quick. Therefore, it is better to make slow but steady adjustments rather than getting scared off by a big challenge. As the cycle of change model also points out, relapsing and falling back to old behavior is part of the changing process. Therefore, if you fail to maintain your sustainable behavior initially, that is okay. Using the example of before, you should not try to become vegetarian once 
and never consider it again once it fails. Change takes time, so take small steps. Fourth, the license to be bad. Related to the previous point of small changes, one should consider the phenomenon of moral licensing or also called self-licensing. Moral licensing basically means that after you do something good, you feel like it is okay for you to do something bad. Have you ever done a workout after a long break and it feels like because you did that workout, you now deserve some ice cream or chips? That is a very similar progress. Regarding sustainability, an example would be that cycling to work every day allows you to take a flight, even though you know that flying is bad for the environment. What is important to take away here is that you're not a bad person if you feel like you have the right to do something unsustainable after doing something sustainable. That's just how we people think. The ultimate goal is to act sustainably without needing to be compensated for it. The way to get there is to be aware of moral licensing and take small changes that at some point do not require any compensation anymore. Fifth, pat yourself on the shoulder for being sustainable. In adopting more sustainable practices, you should give yourself some positive reinforcement. Remind yourself about how good you feel or felt when you took a sustainable action. Especially as the advantages of choosing sustainable options are not always tangible or immediate, as discussed earlier, it is really important to remind yourself what a difference this choice can make. If you want to, you can also visualize your sustainable actions to keep track of them. Sixth, do not make New Year's resolutions. I think almost everyone has at some point made some unrealistic promises after drinking their champagne once the new year started. Gyms become significantly fuller in January and then emptier again in February. If you want to take a step towards a more sustainable lifestyle successfully, it is important to set realistic goals. I'm sure you've heard of the SMART criteria of goal setting to make a goal specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-bound. One reason for doing so is that you can track your progress. The other, and in my opinion more important one, is that you need to set goals that are realistic for you to achieve. In research, this type of self-judgment is called self-efficacy. Self-efficacy consists of three main parts, task, scheduling and coping efficacy. Task efficacy refers to the general ability to complete a task. Naturally, you should be able to more or less complete the goal that you're setting for yourself. Scheduling efficacy relates to the fact that adopting a certain routine has to take place over time and that you need to set up reminders for yourself to go through with it over time. For example, you can adopt a more vegetarian lifestyle by starting with a specific day of the week, such as meat-free Mondays. In my opinion, the most important one regarding sustainability behavior is coping efficacy. Coping efficacy relates to the ability of completing a task under challenging conditions. For example, What if you schedule a barbecue with your friends on your meat-free Monday? Or what if you want to stop buying from a certain brand because of their lack of sustainability, but then they have a really nice product on a major discount? Again, it is okay to cheat on your sustainability goals temporarily, if it helps you to achieve them in the long term. However, be sure to set goals that can not only work on paper, but also in real life given all the influences around you. A couple of years ago, I decided to cut down on my meat consumption to be more sustainable. At that time, I was traveling a lot for work and subsequently relied a lot on catering and restaurants for getting food and also met up with non-vegetarian friends, of course. I realized that in those situations, it was really difficult for me to stick to my goals. Therefore, I adapted my meat consumption goal by saying that I do not eat meat when I eat alone, but make an exception when I'm in a restaurant or cooking with others. 
Making these exceptions helped me with task, scheduling and coping efficacy and ultimately allowed me to adapt my dietary restrictions according to my vegetarian goals. As discussed earlier, people tend to regard being vegetarian as an all or nothing thing. But it is perfectly fine to set yourself such exceptions, if it helps you to be more sustainable in general. Remember that you do not need to be a vegetarian, you simply need to eat vegetarian. Do not pressure yourself into perfectly consistent behavior. This leads me to the seventh and last tip. You should be brave in sharing your sustainability beliefs and goals when discussing them with others. As said earlier, people dislike change and taking sustainable action often creates the need for you to explain certain decisions. Additionally, there is a good chance that you will face do-gooder derogation. Do-gooder derogation is the effect that people who are not behaving morally will try to put people down who are. If you start taking sustainable actions that others are not doing yet, you either face an open ear or criticism, whereby criticism is not unlikely. This becomes tricky if we start avoiding a good action because we are afraid of facing the criticism for it. In this regard, the theory of reasoned action makes such a distinction between a person's own beliefs towards an action and the social norm around that action. Depending on the individual, the action and other situational factors, a person may attribute a bigger weight to their own beliefs or what is expected by society. Of course, doing what is expected by society is usually the safer option, as going against the social norm may threat your social status. However, as we discussed, we need some brave people who are willing to go down new sustainable avenues. Luckily, sustainability has grown substantially over the last years and many people will support it. However, you may face some people that either do not see a need for sustainability or will make fun of it. In those situations, you should not give in to the social pressure of the traditional view, but rather point out the advantages of it and try to inspire others. To summarize, first, get the right perspective on sustainable products. Second, be open towards and support new ideas. Third, make small but steady changes. Fourth, be aware of moral licensing. Fifth, apply positive reinforcement. Sixth, do not make New Year's resolutions. And seventh, be brave in standing up for your sustainability beliefs. I sincerely hope that these tips will help you in achieving your sustainability goals, as this is not always easy. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list and I'm curious to hear what other tips you have. Feel free to share them with the SME team on Instagram at sustainablemarketing underscore Marich. Good luck with achieving those goals. And as introduced earlier, the next three episodes of this podcast series will be the company interviews that we did for you with Deloitte, Gaia Foods and Groenleven. The representatives of the companies share some really interesting insights on how sustainability can be achieved in various businesses and what challenges they face in doing so. That being said, I wish you a lot of fun with the other podcasts and thanks for tuning in. Bye bye.